Good morning, church. We're so excited to worship with you this morning. So wherever you're at right now, why don't you stand with us? Why don't you worship with us? Let's lift up the name of Jesus this morning. Come on.
welcome, welcome, welcome. Thank you guys for being here this week. Thank you for making us part of your uh, long weekend. If you're in Canada, if you're elsewhere around the world, this is a long weekend here. Thank you for being here with us. This is Pentecost Sunday. This is when we celebrate the birth of the church when God decided that I'm going to do a new thing in my people and it's going to come at the coming of the Holy Spirit. And we're going to talk about that and celebrate that today. So we're really thankful that you're here to celebrate that with us. Uh, if you're new to us, if you don't know how you found this, if you're struggling to see if you're going to stay, please text the number that is on the screen right now. We would love to hear from you and stick around with us for a little bit because we believe that the Holy Spirit is doing something and wants to do something in your life. Uh, so please stick around with us today. So thank you very much for being here today. We're excited. We're excited for what God is going to do. If you want to give to us, we can talk about that later. But right now we're going to throw it to a children's video. It's time for our Bible story. Today's Bible story is from Acts chapter 2. This was during the time after Jesus' greatest miracle, the time when he came back from death to life to be with everyone again. Jesus appeared to his friends in person multiple times. He told them to wait for the gift of the Holy Spirit, who would be all they needed to spread the good news of what Jesus had done. So they stayed together and they waited. Waiting is tough, isn't it? But they waited and waited. They had the greatest news ever to share, and they had to wait to share it. That's like having the best present of all and having to wait until Christmas to open it. But then it happened. A sound like a rush of wind and what looked like tongues made of fire rested on them. They felt it. The Holy Spirit had come, and the Spirit did something wild. The Holy Spirit made it so they could speak and understand other languages. People gathered together from all over the place. And because of the Holy Spirit, they heard the good news of Jesus in their own language. And they could share the good news with each other. Some people thought that these people speaking other languages must be out of their minds. But Peter, one of the original followers of Jesus, set everyone straight. He explained that this was God's plan. He even used some ancient words from a guy from the Bible named Joel. Joel had spoken about this very moment years and years before it would take place. It was all a part of God's plan to send the Holy Spirit. Pretty cool, huh? The coolest thing was this. Because of the power that the Holy Spirit gave them that day, one thing became very clear beyond any doubt. This gift is not meant just for a few people. The Holy Spirit is for everyone. Hey guys. It's time. So we're talking about the Holy Spirit today, and I have kind of an object lesson for you guys. So before we become a follower of Jesus, we're like this cup. We're empty. But when we get, when we follow Jesus, we get filled up by the Holy Spirit. So I'm going to fill up this cup here. So there we go. It's filled. Now... The cup looks pretty much the same as it did before. The outside is pretty much the same. But inside, that's when the work of the Holy Spirit is doing work. So I know sometimes we struggle with bitterness. And so I'm going to add some dye to this. 
because sometimes we do get filled up with things that are not the Spirit. And I've got some green here. And sometimes we struggle with envy and being jealous, whether our brother or sister gets something that we don't, or maybe we got less attention. So let's add some green for envy. And then, do you guys get angry? Sometimes we do, and sometimes we say things that are hurtful and mean. So I'm gonna add some red. So as you can see, it's pretty messy. And even though we get some yuck in us, the Holy Spirit comes and fills us anew and cleanses us. And so all of a sudden, all of that becomes washed away. And as I'm doing this, it is replaced with good things and it's back to normal. So I want you guys to think about this week, about how the Holy Spirit is working on your life. And I want you to ask that you could be filled with new stuff and that God can come and speak to you because when we allow the Holy Spirit to work in us, he comes and he does a work in us, but it also then will show out and we're able to speak to others with love and kindness because the fruits of the Spirit are within us. So I want you to remember that this week, okay guys? So let's pray. Father, I just thank you that you are here. I thank you that you have sent your spirit to be here and to work on us and guide us. And that, Father, I just ask that you would do a work in all of us and that you would fill us fresh. You would cleanse us inside that it would pour out. Father, we just thank you for all of that. In Jesus' name, amen.
in the quiet of your own heart, just invite his spirit. And that may look different for everybody, but just invite him in however way that looks. Maybe he'll fill you with tears of joy over lease. Or maybe you'll just shout it from the rooftops, but invite him in because his spirit is full. His spirit brings freedom. And I know I want that more and more. So just invite him in, invite him into your house right now, invite him into the space that you're in right now.
We pray that today, everyone who is connecting online, wherever we are around the world, we know you're, you are omnipresent. Your presence is everywhere. I pray that all of us would become more aware of your presence, would be filled afresh with your, your spirit, would know the hand of the Lord upon us, a fresh touch from heaven and new power to become the people that you've called us to be, that you want us to be, that you're leading us to be. Give us the power to be it, we ask, Father. In the name of your Son, Jesus, we pray. Amen, amen, amen. Well, everyone, welcome to Gateway's Pentecost Sunday service, and I want to share with you today a message called The Power of Pentecost. 
because to Pentecost Sunday is one of the major uh, days in the Christian calendar. You know, we have Easter and we have Christmas, but Pentecost is a very important day. Pentecost is the day that the Christian church was birthed, and it was birthed in the power of the Holy Spirit. Uh, so, the word Pentecost, the word pente, like pentagram or something like that, it means 50. It means, you know, like a five-sided uh, um, shape. It uh, might be a pentagram or a, a five-sided star, it might be a pentacle, but a five-zero days, 50 days is Pentecost, because the day of Pentecost was 50 days after the day of Passover. And we know that Passover time was when Jesus died on the cross to pay the price for our sins and to bring salvation to us and then rose again from the dead, appeared to his disciples over a period of 40 days, told them to hang about for another 10 till the full 50 days were up until the day of Pentecost came when God would send the power of the Holy Spirit. And in the Bible, as we'll see in a little while, on the day of Pentecost, the disciples are praying in a room. They're still hiding from the Jewish and Roman authorities because they're going to be persecuted. They're scared because their Savior, their leader, their rabbi was arrested and crucified. And though he rose again from the dead, they're still a little bit in fear and trembling of the authorities, but on the day of Pentecost, it says they were all together and they were in unity and they were praying. And while they were doing that, the power of the Holy Spirit came upon them. There were actual visible and audible signs that they saw on this first occasion where the, the, the Spirit was given to the church, and it says they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. They began to speak in tongues. They went outside, and they had a confidence and a boldness upon them that just five minutes earlier they didn't have, and they began to boldly preach the gospel, and their, their ministry was not feeble. It was not relying on their human wisdom, but there was a power with it that caused 3,000 people to give their life to Christ, to be baptized, and to join the church that day. That's how God started the church. How dare the modern church think that we can get on with, with bureaucracy and budgets and buildings, but with no Holy Spirit power? That's what much of the modern day church is like. Oh, we needed the Holy Spirit in the early days, but now we've got a budget, now we've got a bureaucracy, now we've got a building. We're kind of respectable now. God never intended his people to be respectable. God intended his people to be radical, to be wild, to be different, to be in the world but not of the world, to be like people from another world because something has changed in our hearts and lives. I want to just tell you my story before we look at the Scriptures, my, and my story involves certain passages of Scripture, which we will look at. But 
Uh, when I was a young guy, I gave my life to Christ. I uh, had quite a, a dramatic conversion experience. And when I gave my life to Christ, I knew that I was forgiven. I knew that I had been given the gift of eternal life. I knew that Jesus was my Savior. God was my Father. Heaven was my home. And that the Holy Spirit dwelt within me. I knew all of that. I experienced it. I knew I was a changed person. But the group of Christians that, that I was with and who led me to Christ, I knew that most of them had not only been born again of the Holy Spirit, but they, they had had another experience called being baptized in the Holy Spirit, or sometimes they called it being filled with the Holy Spirit. And uh, I knew that the people the majority of the Christians I knew were like that, and that the ones that were like that, who had had that experience, I knew that they were different from the rest of us who hadn't. It, not because they said they were, just because it was obvious. They seemed so much more free than the rest of us did. They seemed to, to uh, feel and sense God's presence so much more. They seemed more confident and bold in their faith and so on. And so I had a hunger for this. And about six months after I became a Christian, I was baptized in water at the church I attended. Um, you, you remember that baptism, the word baptism means to immerse. I was immersed in water. You know, there's a difference, be there's a difference between us taking a drink of water, and now the water is inside us. But when you're immersed in water, when you come out, you're saturated with it and you drip it everywhere else. And so that was, I got baptized in water, but I wanted to be baptized in the Holy Spirit because I knew there was a difference between me taking a drink of the Spirit, between the Holy Spirit coming and dwelling in me when I came to Christ, and me being so saturated with the Holy Spirit that I drip it everywhere I go. Anyway, I got baptized in water, and after that, that evening, I, I, I felt that the Lord spoke to me and said, you've been baptized in water, but I want you to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. Now, I already knew what that meant. Like I said, I knew Christians who talked about it. Sometimes they would say, have you been baptized in the Holy Spirit yet to people and things like that. So I knew what it was about. Also, I had read passages in the Bible that said, you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. Or John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized in the Holy Spirit. Or John the Baptist himself saying, I baptize in water, but the one coming after me, the Messiah, he will baptize with the Holy Spirit. I knew these passages. And, and on top of that, I had just read a Christian book that was quite popular at the time. It was called Chasing the Dragon, and it was by a missionary called Jackie Pullinger who went to Hong Kong, and she worked in the walled city with drug addicts and prostitutes and triad gang members to try and reach them for Christ and failed abysmally until one day other missionaries said to her, have you been baptized in the Holy Spirit? No, is that not just for the Pentecostal church? She said, no, that's for every Christian, they said. So she was prayed for, and she was filled with the Holy Spirit, and she spoke in tongues. And I remember reading in the book that she said, 
I never got anything out of it. I thought I would be on a spiritual high. I thought something amazing would happen. I never got anything out of it. But my missionary friend said, just do it anyway. Just pray in tongues every day. So she said, she set an alarm clock and prayed in tongues for 15 minutes every day. And she noted that from the day she was baptized in the Holy Spirit, everything changed. Now she felt led to the people whose hearts God had prepared. Now prostitutes and triad gang members and drug addicts and drug dealers were coming to faith in Christ. Now instead of taking them to a rehab center, she laid hands on them when they came to Christ, prayed that they would be baptized in the Holy Spirit, and they were instantly and miraculously delivered from their addictions. I read this and thought, I want this power in my life. So the next Sunday morning, I went to my pastor and I said, I would like to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. And he said, we will pray after the service. And so after the service, I asked him to pray for me. Now, I don't know what you have in your mind when we talk about the Holy Spirit and speaking in tongues and prophecies and healings. Maybe that spooks you a little bit. Maybe it's like, ooh, it's like, what's going to happen? Uh, is something strange going to happen that I will feel uncomfortable with? Because I had got myself in that kind of mindset as well. And I imagined that when my pastor prayed for me, I was somehow going to be possessed by the Holy Spirit and involuntarily do things that I didn't want to do. Um, and so I, I got a little bit uptight about it. And he prayed for me, and he laid hands on me, and he prayed in tongues, and absolutely nothing outwardly happened to me. I didn't fall on the floor. I didn't shake. I didn't levitate to the ceiling. I didn't speak in tongues. Like nothing happened except deep inside, I felt myself being flooded with a sense of peace. That was it, a sense of peace. And I said to my pastor, does it matter that I didn't speak in tongues or prophesy like they do in the Bible? And he said, don't worry about all of that. It will happen at the right time. Just believe that God has heard your prayer, has answered your prayer, and has filled you with the Holy Spirit, and everything you need is now within you. So I went home that night. I went into my bedroom. I, I stayed with my family, uh, with my parents, and I went into my bedroom and closed the door. I sat on my bed. I used to read a bit of the Bible and pray at night, but I didn't pray out loud because I didn't want any of my family to hear me, and I felt embarrassed being like this new Christian in the family. And I didn't want them to hear me praying, so I never, I always just prayed in my head. And I never lifted my hands up, even in church, because I was embarrassed to do so. But something had changed after he laid hands on me and prayed for me. I came home, and I sat on my bed, and without even thinking about it, I put my hands up, and I went to pray. I even had the English sentence in my head. I knew what I was going to say, and instead I said, What was that? Did I just speak in tongues? And then I tried to pray in English again. And then I got so excited I couldn't do it anymore. And then the next day I was in my car driving and I thought, I'm going to give this a try in the car. People driving past will think I'm just singing to the radio. And so I said, Lord, and I prayed a deeply theological prayer. I said, Lord, 
just let it rip. And I spoke in tongues the whole way to work, and I did that every day. And all of a sudden, things changed in my life. Like, I knew what people were talking about when they said something was anointed or it wasn't anointed. I didn't know what they were talking about, but now I knew it. I, I could feel the presence of God. The Scriptures became like a prophetic river speaking into my life. I knew God's presence. He spoke to me. I had dreams in it, dreams, dreams, multiple dreams began pouring into my life, and I knew a new confidence in my faith and a new awareness of God's presence, and that's what we see in the Bible with the baptism in the Holy Spirit. What is it? What is the baptism in the Holy Spirit? And, uh, and what is it for? Well, the baptism in the Holy Spirit is to give us empowerment to serve God. It gives us a power. It doesn't save us. Christ saves us and the Spirit regenerates us so we know we're going to heaven, but this gives us power to live the Christian life on earth. Jesus said to his disciples, you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. Not is born within you, but comes upon you. And you shall be my witnesses. Acts chapter 1, verse 8. So what does it do? Okay, if that's what it's for, what does it actually do once we receive the baptism in the Holy Spirit? Well, it does all kinds of things. And in my experience, I'll tell you my experience and also what I find in Scripture. My, the first thing I was aware of was complete freedom in worship. Like all of a sudden, I went from, you know, singing, being in church and singing worship songs, and if nobody was looking, I kind of lifted my hand up. All of a sudden to... I couldn't care less who was looking. I was aware of the presence of God. It was pouring on me. It was pouring out of me. And all I wanted to do was worship. I worshiped unashamed. I worshiped freely. It was like a chain had suddenly broken off of me and I was free to worship. I also found new power in prayer. First of all, when I didn't know what to pray about or how to word my prayers, I had the ability to pray in tongues and allow the Holy Spirit to give me the words to pray beyond my human intellect. But I found that even my prayers in English took on a new power and a new level of faith. Like there was a confidence that I was being led by God in my prayers a new boldness, a new confidence in my life. I suddenly was very confident about my Christian faith and about the reality of everything I believed. And probably the biggest thing that this did for me was it gave me an awareness of the presence of God. And so, and like, you're, you're, you're watching at home, you're watching in your living room or in your kitchen, or maybe you're driving in your car watching this or something like that, and, and you think, well, this isn't, I'm not in church, you know, if, if, 
I feel God's presence in church, but now I'm at home where there's Netflix on and kids running around and stuff like that. All of a sudden, I became aware of God's presence wherever I was, not just in church. God's presence is with you wherever you are right now. You're just not aware of it. But the fullness of the Spirit brings you into a fresh awareness of and appreciation for the presence of God. And of course, spiritual gifts, tongues, prophecy, healing, words of knowledge and wisdom and so on began to flow in my life. And this is what the Bible says. First Corinthians uh, says this. It says, a spiritual gift is given to each of us so we can help each other. To one person, the Spirit gives the message of special wisdom. To another, the same Spirit gives a message of special knowledge. The same Spirit gives great faith to another. And to someone else, one spirit, the, the one Spirit gives the gift of healing. And then he goes on and talks about other gifts. He says he gives one person the power to perform miracles, to another the ability to prophesy. He gives someone else the ability to discern whether a message is from God's Spirit or another spirit, to be aware of God's presence or the presence of something else. And so these are the gifts that the Spirit gives. And who, who, are, who are the spiritual gifts given to? Like, is it just pastors and evangelists and missionaries that God wants to fill with the Holy Spirit, that God wants to give spiritual gifts to? No, it is for all who believe. If you believe in Jesus, if Christ is your Savior and your Lord, then you need to know that one of the things He promised to do was He would baptize with the Holy Spirit. And so, the power of the Holy Spirit coming into our life in a fresh way is, is for everyone who believes. On the day of Pentecost, the very first day, when the power of the Spirit was given to the church, Peter said that. Look what he said here in the book of Acts. It says, Peter replied, each of you must repent from your sins and turn to God and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. In other words, become a Christian, become a believer, be added to the church, get saved, all of that stuff, but don't stop there, because then he says, then you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Yeah, but was that just for people who lived in the first century? I don't know. Let's read on and see. He says, this promise is to you and to your children and to those far away, to everyone that the Lord will call to Himself. The power of the Holy Spirit is a gift that belongs to everyone that the Lord will call to Himself. Everyone who has been called by the Lord our God. Then Peter continued preaching for a long time, uh, strongly urging all the believers, save yourself from this crooked 
generation. The power of the Spirit is for everyone who believes. You will receive power from God. Um, you will have a new awareness of His presence. You will have a new confidence in prayer and in faith. Uh, just like when you came to Christ, the Bible opened up to you. It will open up even more to you. you and, and you will have, one of the amazing things is, you will have a relationship with God that goes beyond what it is now. It will go from the natural to the supernatural. I have a relationship with God just like you. I can pray to God and tell Him what's on my mind. I can read His Word and find out what's on His mind. But also, when I don't know what to pray about, and when I don't know what direction to go in life, I can pray in a language that I don't even understand. It's beyond my mind. And the Holy Spirit gives me the words. And so my ability to communicate with God has gone from a natural to a supernatural level. And then through the gift of prophecy, God can speak back to me again maybe speak directly to my heart or to me in dreams as I sleep or in visions as I pray or through a prophetic word from someone else. And now God is speaking to me in a supernatural way through the ability to pray in tongues and hear the prophetic word. Tongues and prophecy enable our life to, our spiritual walk with God to achieve things that we may have struggled with before. And one other thing about these two gifts is one of the things we're going to see is praying in tongues and hearing prophetically from God are the easiest gifts to start with. Like they're easy peasy, okay? They're very easy. You can just step in and the Lord will take over. Let me show you this. We're going to go to 1 Corinthians chapter 14 and we're going to have a look at what Paul says there. He says, let love be your highest goal, okay? God is love. We should love God. We only love Him because He first loved us, but He has shed abroad His love in our hearts by the Holy Spirit, and we should share that love with others. So we know that love is the primary thing, but you should also desire the gifts of the Spirit. That word desire like the English translators have actually watered it down a little bit. It actually means lust after. It means have such a hunger for it that your appetite won't be satisfied until you've received them. You should desire, you should hunger for the gifts that the Spirit gives, especially the ability to prophesy, to hear the Lord speaking to you, maybe in words, in the still small voice within your heart, or maybe in visions as you pray or in dreams as you sleep. He says, especially the ability to prophesy. For if you have the ability to speak in tongues, you will be talking only to God. Can we just settle something? The gift of tongues is not for missionaries to preach the gospel in foreign languages. It's for believers to talk to God in prayer, okay? You will be talking to God, and since people won't be able to understand you, you will be speaking by the power of the Spirit, but to other people it will all be mysterious, 
okay? So tongues is an ability to speak to God in a way that only God understands, and other people can't understand it unless they are given the gift of interpretations. And prophecy enables us to hear from God. Let's read on. He says, but one who prophesies strengthens uh, others, encourages them, and comforts them. A person who speaks in tongues is strengthened personally. When I pray in tongues, if I was to start praying in tongues right now, it would do me good, but it might not do you any good. It would be like me being a rechargeable battery plugging myself into the heavenly mains and recharging myself spiritually. It recharges me, it refreshes me, it strengthens me, it does you good, it does me good. But if I get a prophetic word from God and deliver it, and you understand it, it does you good. He says, the, um, the one who speaks a word of prophecy strengthens the entire church. The person who speaks in tongues strengthens himself. I wish you could all speak in tongues, and even more that you can all prophesy. Here's what he's saying here. He's saying prophecy is like a $10 bill, okay? Prophecy is like a $10 bill. If we wanted to go and get a hot dog and they were $5 each, and I had a $10 bill, I can buy two hot dogs, one for you and one for me, and now we're both blessed. But tongues is like a $5 bill. It'll only buy one hot dog for me, okay? It will bless me unless the gift of interpretation is there, in which case two $5 bills are equal to one $10 bill. Tongues and interpretation is equivalent in value to prophecy. But without the interpretation, he says, Tongues is really just for you, mainly in private, and prophecy is for the church. And so we see here what tongues and prophecy does. So he says, I want you all to, and listen, I'm saying this, church, wherever you are, I want you all to speak in tongues, and even more, to hear the word of the Lord and prophecy. Let's read on. He says, for prophecy is greater than speaking in tongues unless there's an interpreter, unless someone interprets what you're saying. Then the whole church can be strengthened. So anyone who speaks in tongues should pray for the power to interpret. Anyone that's got five bucks should pay for another five bucks. Anyone who can speak in tongues, and he says, I want you all to do it, and then once you all do it, start praying that you can interpret as well. Sometimes you will be praying in tongues, and then it will suddenly flick flip over to English and you'll understand what you're saying. And you'll teach yourself a thing or two. And he says, so you should pray for the power to interpret. For if I pray in tongues, my spirit is praying, but I don't understand what I'm saying. Let's read on. He says, next, next slide. What then? What shall I do? I will pray in the spirit and I will also pray in words I understand. He's saying, look, 
I can make a decision of my will to start praying in English right now. And once I've received the baptism in the Holy Spirit, I can make a decision of my will to start praying in English, eh, sorry, in tongues right now. I could start praying in English right now. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done. I can start speaking in tongues and pray to God that way right now. And so, I will. I am going to pray both ways. And look what else he says. He says, I will sing in the Spirit, and I will sing with words I understand. Hallelujah. I can sing in words I understand. I can sing in the Spirit. And it brings me into a new awareness of God's presence. And he says, other people can't say amen. They don't really understand what you're saying. Let's read on. He then says this, and how can they join in giving thanks if they don't understand what you're saying? You, you will be giving thanks very well. When you speak in tongues, you're giving thanks very well to God, but other people don't know what you're saying. It won't strengthen other people. And then he says, I thank God I speak in tongues more than any of you. If the apostle Paul spoke in tongues more than the church in Corinth, who seemed to do it all the time, then he must have done it a lot. Okay, why would he do it a lot? Because it brings you to a new place of power. Let's read on. But in a church meeting, I would rather speak five understandable words to help others than 10,000 words in an unknown language. So in this way, you can all, all of you can prophesy. You will have a turn to speak one after another so that everyone will learn and be encouraged. Look, we're going to pray in a moment for you to be baptized in the Holy Spirit or to be filled afresh. But I want to just give you a little example of what it can do for you. You might have seen this on TV years ago. It's a slap chop. You're supposed to put an onion under it and slap it, and it chops your onion up. I am a real sucker for these. I've got them all. Slap chop, sham wow, my pillow, the thing that you can look inside your ear on your iPhone, the whole thing. If they sell it on Instagram, I've got it, right? Now, here's the thing. When this was on TV, it said, if you ordered within the next hour, they would, you would get two. And I did get two. I gave one to Pastor Dan. God help him with it because it's as blunt as a butter knife. Because when you, when you go on the website, you realize that the one that they're advertising on the TV for $19.99 is the basic model. But there's another one with Japanese blades, $39.99. And I thought, I'm not buying that. I'm just buying the $19.99 one. The 1999 one does do the job, oops, and falls apart. But it, it takes quite a bit of effort to do it. I should have just thrown it. I should have upgraded. I should have paid double. And when I paid double, I would have got the one that chopped onions really easy. You know, when you come to Christ, the Holy Spirit comes within you, and you begin to 
feel convicted when you do the wrong thing and have desires to do the right thing. But very often, it's like you're trying to do it with blunt blades. But God wants to upgrade you to the Japanese blade version of the Holy Spirit. When chopping down all of the opposition is so much easier because there's power there. It's double the power of the first one. So we're going to do that. We are going to pray for a double dose of the Holy Ghost in every one of our lives. And we're going to just look at this final verse. It's from Luke's gospel, and it says this. Jesus said, you fathers, if your children ask you for a fish, um, do you give them a snake instead? Or if they ask you for an egg, do you give them a scorpion? Of course not. So if you sinful people know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will our heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask? We are about to ask our heavenly Father for a baptism and a fresh infilling of the Holy Spirit, and He will not give us anything else. He will give us the gift that we ask for, the gift that He has promised to give us. So this is what's going to happen. I am going to say a prayer, and I want all of you at home to like repeat this prayer one sentence at a time after me. And then once we have done that, I am going to pray for you. I'm going to reach out my hands towards you and pray for you, both in English and in tongues. And some members of our team, you won't hear them, but you will see that they are also praying for you, reaching out towards you, asking God to bless you and fill you. Maybe in your house, you could lay hands on one another, even if there's more than one of you there. And we're going to pray for you to be filled for the first time or filled afresh with the Holy Spirit, that you would know God's presence and His gifts would operate through you. So let's prepare our hearts as I lead in prayer. Just say this prayer after me. Heavenly Father, I thank you that Jesus promised you would give the Holy Spirit and His gifts to all who ask. We ask, fill us with your power, with your presence. Anoint us with your Holy Spirit. Release within us a new awareness of your presence. Release your spiritual gifts Give us the power we need to fully live the Christian life. I believe you have heard my prayer and you have answered my prayer. You are filling me now. And from this moment on, I enter in to a new walk with the Holy Spirit. I fully expect to pray in tongues and prophesy and re receive whatever gifts 
you have for me right here and right now in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, we, we are praying for you right now, wherever you are. I want you to just become aware that God's presence is with you. I want to encourage you to take a deep breath in, just as if you're filling yourself with the presence of God. And as you breathe out, just begin to speak whatever words in whatever language come to you, whether it's your own language or another. Just breathe in. We receive, Lord, I pray for every person to be filled, empowered, and anointed with the Holy Spirit. Release your gifts now, we pray. In Jesus' name, Shika Renanamandre, Eria Kurababusa Labrenderele Brakaramba, Eniti Kanintro Hosel, Ro Corunda Mameshelikirimandel, Erimombrosoro Sukarakananda, Elamashekihindi Namahare, Esoro Dodunda Takalamaya, Elebakarushi Kehel Elemondras, Remehel Larababusokuros. Let's just settle down. I just want to encourage you as the music plays. Let's just begin to worship God. Just take the Hebrew word hallelujah and let's just begin to worship Him. Hallelujah. 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 And as you get confident just singing out, just begin to sing in the Spirit as the Lord gives you the words. Holy Spirit, you are welcome. Holy Spirit, you are welcome here. Come flood this place and fill the Let us become more aware. 
God, you are welcome here. And we thank you that when we asked you to come, you come because you love us so deeply. And the coming that we are asking you to do in your Holy Spirit, you have already demonstrated your willingness to do that in Jesus. So help us to be aware of that, not just today, but as we go from here through this week as we go into all of the places that you have sent us, that we would experience your power, your presence there, just as much as we do in this room, just as much as we pray you do in your own home, that no matter where you go, God is already there preparing a way for you. We thank you for this in Jesus' name.
We would thank you for being here. We pray deeply that you have sensed the presence of your, the Holy Spirit wherever you are the same way we have sensed the presence of the Holy Spirit here. If you want to join in and contribute to what we're doing, please go to, to uh, the website that's on your screen, gateway.ac slash give. But most of all, we just pray that you have experienced the overwhelming blessing and gift that the Holy Spirit has for you this week. Thank you very much. We'll see you soon. Thanks so much. Blessings.